0: Hello there, I'm John Sadiq, and welcome to Season 2 of the Living Authentically podcast. Each month, we're going to be talking to amazing people from around the world who are actively living their lives with more authenticity, meaning and grace. If you'd like to know more about the work we do through Authentic Living, our meditations, retreats, transformative journaling sessions and so on, please visit www.authenticliving.life. Or if you'd like to support our work on this podcast, or take part in our online and live streaming sessions, please take a look at www.patreon.com slash Authentic Living. Bless you and welcome. Hello there, John here. In this month's podcast, I'm talking to a yoga teacher who I admire so very much, Jo Tastula. She is one of the the main teachers over on Yoga Glow, so you may know her from there. She's been teaching Vinyasa Flow Yoga for over 20 years now, and we have a really wide ranging conversation lined up for you. We look at the evolution of her yoga practice, how her authenticity as a yogi and as a person has turned her whole life into her integral practice. We talk about her time living with Ram Das and the community around him and how wonderful that is and the importance of having a teacher. We talk about the importance of her family as a principal spiritual community and that our ordinary lives are actually our spiritual lives, how that has developed for her over the years. We talk about how to live alongside others whose views may be different from our own and the importance of vulnerability in ourselves and with that. We look at meditation and how that reveals our true selves and how we can move through fear by meeting ourselves in our practice. And we look at her connection to the cycles of the moon and the earth, which is something that she's exploring deeper and deeper these days. I hope you really enjoy this conversation. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Joe. Thank you for for coming on the podcast. And it's really good to meet you. And um, I, I just thought I would kind of reach out because I've kind of, I followed you on Yoga Glow for years. That's how I first came across you. And uh, what this podcast series is about and what the kind of the work I do is really about is about living with more authenticity living more from the kind of the center of our lives outwards and your yoga practice as far as I've seen on yoga glow and the way that I kind of I've seen you on social media and the communications you put out the whole way you go about things just has a very nice authenticity to it you know it's really you you're not you're not acting in any way and that's that's incredible it's, it's genuinely you and there's no mask. And there's things, you know, like in some of the, um, some of the Yoga glow videos where you end up with hair in your mouth. Or I think there's one where you do a headstand and kind of go right over. And it's that sort of thing yeah. that I actually find completely endearing. <laughs> you know? It's just wonderful.
1: They do give you, the, give you the opportunity to edit those out. And I always say No, no. Just leave it in. It's fine. I'm sure everyone falls over. Yeah. I'm sure, everyone stumbles. It doesn't matter. Well, I think
0: that that makes it more real, doesn't
1: it? <laughs> Definitely more relatable. Absolutely. That's for sure. Yeah. And um, people can look at these really polished and edited videos and compare themselves, but that's not. It's not real life, you know. No. There's probably been multiple takes in doing it, and hair and makeup and all the rest of it, and. Yeah, I think it is nice to just let that fall away and be relatable. Just be yourself.
0: Absolutely, and you don't you don't tend to do the um, kind of crazy Instagram yoga photos either, which is such a relief. (laughs) You know, the perfect the perfect postured Instagram videos, uh, Instagram pictures. You know, yeah. Oh goodness! Oh
1: goodness! Well. You know, I have been practicing for many, many years, and um, I think I definitely had my day back in the beginning where it was all about um, surface things. But over the years, that's really become so less important. You know, I think think how everyone starts off is, is, is very surface level, And oh, that looks good, and I want to look like that. And um, but when you go down that route long enough, naturally, you just find that that's very shallow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's one thing I wanted to ask you, really, is kind of just like how did you kind of first meet yoga? You were quite young when you met yoga, weren't you? And then, no, not
1: not particularly. I was in my mid mid 20s. Oh, right.
0: I thought you were 14 or 15 or something.
1: I was living in Sydney and I was working in the film industry and life was very hectic and very busy and I had it in my mind that I should start yoga and there was a um, there was a Buddhist um, meditation center close by to where I was living and uh so I had already started um, dropping in there and doing some doing some meditations and sort of feeling what it was like to to be peaceful in your mind which was which was lovely and then I um, and then I just walked past a yoga studio one day and thought right I should do this. And I don't know what the driving force was that told me I should do it, but it was like an impulse. And it was an immediate connection that I had with the practice. Uh, Immediately I felt like I had come home of sorts. I felt at peace in my body. I felt calm in my mind. I was inspired by what the teacher was doing. I even had a sense of a mystical experience and it it was all all there. So I think right from the get-go, I became a very dedicated practitioner.
0: And your practice, the sense I get, because all all the videos I've seen of you, kind of guiding practices, has always got, it's not just the san, there's pranayama in there or some connection to the breath there's always a little meditational aspect. Has that always been the case with you? That it wasn't just the San, because there's so much kind of emphasis on, on kind, of the, the kind of the postural aspects of yoga in the West sometimes. I think
1: that, yeah, I think that's become more and more important to me. It was definitely physical when I first started, but now as I've come to really experience the practice you know you you discover that you're more than the physical body and then you discover yourself as an energetic being so you work on the pranayams which which ener, you know which feeds the energy body and then you delve deeper and you realize that you're not just that and you sort of go into the mind and meditation helps touch on that and then you keep going deeper and you realize that there's more Aspects to this multi-dimensional being, you know, so there The practice should really touch on all of those elements of self All of those um, all of those layers
0: and have you have you found as, as you've kind of sort of become see as, as, you, as you've kind of gone deeper or you know the more authentic part of yourself the kind of the truer aspect of your nature has kind of come out more and more. How is that reflected in your daily life and in your, you know, in the kind of beyond the mat?
1: Well, everything starts to be your yoga practice and the little bit of time that you roll your mat out is is just a luxury um, and, and everything else becomes your primary practice. So, for me, it's it's now how how can I live integrally? how can i how can I live in a way that is um, in alignment with my heart? because I know what it's like to live out of alignment with yeah. your heart. Yeah, and as soon as you do, everything starts going downhill. There's this spiraling into the absolute wrong direction and you start to grasp for all of these different things to self-medicate, all these coping mechanisms, and, you know, it's, um, it's very, very easy to do. So the way that I have found that minimizes my going off track <laughs> is to have this centering, grounding practice where I observe myself and I observe how I am. And you can do that by just how do you feel in your body? Absolutely. How, how, are, you, how are you treating your body? Are you, treat, are you in integrity with your body? And then you can look around to your family and your relationships, like how how are you treating them? How are they responding to you?
0: Yeah. You're answering is questions that... that I've already, I've got, I've got written down for further ahead, but so something, something I was going to, well, since we're on this, which is wonderful, because yeah. like I, I think, was it last year you were, you spent some time in a spiritual community, didn't you, around Ram Das Was that last year? Yes,
1: yes. I'm back, I'm back in Maui again, ah. yeah, yeah, he's a very, he's a very inspiring teacher, and yes. so um, we spend as much time in Maui as we can.
0: That's amazing, and how have you found being there?
1: Oh, it's it, you know it's really been wonderful, and it's been nurturing and enriching because I think, although I have studied with many teachers, I have not really had a main teacher for a long time. And I've been a little bit of a dabbler, you know, taken from this person, taken from that person, um, pull a bit of this practice in and that practice and and um, finding the sweetness of Ramdas and his, his community here has given me the opportunity just to um, anchor down a little bit more and to, to receive and, and be the student a little bit more which mm. is um, very, very important.
0: And yet at the same time as kind of as I see from your kind of like photo feeds and things like that family is so important to you it's like you know that's the kind of the the, the primary spiritual community where you express yourself with your family and in fact you're about to have another baby aren't you
1: I am I am yes yeah thank you so much yes I'm eight months um pregnant right now and yeah um well this is this is the this is the new paradigm that is unfolding right now, is to have this rich spiritual life and not have to go and leave the world.
0: No, exactly.
1: If you look back, I mean, if you look back at the story of Siddhartha, um, the the Buddha and and um, you know, mystics throughout times, they've they've left their families. They've left their communities. They've gone into the wilderness, into the mountains, into the caves and sat by themselves and sort of um, reached this high level of awareness on their own without anyone bugging them. (laughs) (laughs) But now, you know, the practice is to come out of the cave, out of the jungle and to be with family and to be with community and then how do you um how do you reach that same level of awareness of sensitivity of openness in your heart whilst all your buttons are being pushed
0: exactly yeah absolutely
1: (laughs) it's a lot more uh interesting
0: (laughs) it is absolutely and that's it that's where the in in the work that I, i i kind of do and the kind of the practices i lead i teach meditation and um, I work with schools and business and things but all using sort of reflective practices and, and meditation stuff to, to kind of you know mo- try and do things in a more clear and genuine way and, um, and it seems like the world is the practice, everything that we encounter yeah. is the practice, our work the way we are with other people whether they're strangers, whether they're close to us, our families of course is the kind of the, the place of the great work
1: There certainly is a lot of the world that is um, closed off and isolated, but for the most of us, it's a um, a global community. You have to open up and listen to people who don't have your opinions and who don't look like you and who don't believe the things that you believe in because we're all... Riding side-by-side side on the freeway or in the subway or or whatever So it, it definitely takes um, It takes a, a, a lot more Of your putting down your barriers and of not having to be right or of not having to um, you know, have it all worked out.
0: Yeah. Would you say that the vulnerability is like one of the great keys to to practice?
1: Absolutely. I think that um, a lot of people want to have it all worked out. They want to have the answers. They want to. Um, they want to be right. And. No one has the answers. No. No. no one knows. We're all we're all just um, doing the best we can with the information that we've got. We've all been conditioned in some sort of way. I mean, everyone feeds off the information from their parents or whoever was with them, you know, from those early developmental years when you didn't have a, a full. Um, Synced up neural network to to work it all out yourself
0: mm-hmm.
1: So so a lot of a lot of our thinking power and conditioning comes this, Not from our own resource comes from other people so when we start to realize that that we all have biases we all have conditionings and that's going to sway how we how we are in the world and and uh, that's that's a really humbling place to be because from there you can say oh okay well um, you know I may I may believe this I may feel this but is it is it the only way is it really
0: true absolutely and as we deepen in our practice we start to realize that actually some of those things that we identify with whilst, you know that they've come from our parents and our education and the society around us and so on. They're not actually the locus of our true identity. They're, they're that's not, right. That's not really who we are. But uh, but when we're not connected to the truth of ourselves or that wholeness that kind of underpins everything, um, then then we tend to kind of get harder with those things. The borders kind of get harder.
1: Yes. Because it's a very scary thing to let yourself slip away to not have such a strong identity. because mm. people love to say, You know, I am this. I am my job, I am my role, I am my religion, I am what I eat, you know, I what have you, and this is very this very strong identity, but when you sit, in meditation, when you sit and observe long enough and that all starts to fall away, it can be quite unnerving to realize that, well, no, I'm not these things. These things are so temporary. These things can fall away at any moment. And the, the, not being able to grasp what the real essence of yourself is can be terrifying for people to have that left unanswered can be very unsettling so that's why the yoga practices are really beautiful because they help give some sort of
0: framework Mm, absolutely
1: to to that to those massive questions
0: who am i I? have you found (laughs) that that's what's happened with you then the kind of as the authenticity in in being has grown or you've transcended perhaps might be a better better word transcended the kind of the more limited kind of connect you know attachments to things that it's the kind of the mat the the practice the turning up and the kind of the meeting yourself with kind of some vulnerability and and love that's kind of allowed you to kind of move through that fear and and those layers
1: definitely the practice of coming back to the mat, day after day, week after week, month after <laughs> month, just coming back. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It and and life is not linear as well because as soon as you sort of have an epiphany and oh, you know, you have it, you you feel like you've grasped it, it goes. <laughs> And then there's another layer to unravel. So it is a it's a it's a lifelong for me. It's a lifelong inquiry, because what was true for you, you know, at one point is no no, no longer right. true at another point. Yeah. It's all changing.
0: Yeah.
1: It's all shifting.
0: Yeah.
1: But I find that. Um, that now, after so many years of practice, I'm I'm actually quite comfortable to sit in the mystery of it all, and I feel I need less and less to identify myself.
0: Yes, that's beautiful. A, as certain labels. Yeah. Fantastic. Which th-
1: which then makes you so much more welcoming to the other.
0: Absolutely, because that, that's the kind of the way that, because, you know, you were talking about, you know, traveling side by side with people, people having different views and opinions. This seems to be the, the only way that we can kind of move beyond that. The more, even if we meet with our opinions and discuss and discuss, we only end up with discussion and not the meetings of beings, as it were. That's and, right. um, and And by just returning to ourselves again and again through whatever practice that appeals to us whether it's the meditation or the yoga or both together or walking in nature or something else kind of opens a gap in us um that way we then become well we're able to meet each other just so much better able to meet other people so much more lovingly and truthfully yeah
1: exactly yeah, absolutely. That's, i just i just finished a um a retreat and our theme was crossing the divide so the theme was exactly this and it's very it's very um hot right now with how polarized um so many groups are
0: absolutely it's getting stronger and stronger isn't it
1: you feel right. like you you feel like the middle ground has just fallen away, and you've got sort of people on these different islands who just have no way t- to come together. And um, so, you know, as as yogis, that is that is that's the asana, that's the big stretch.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> for us, Right. It's not doing the splits, it's no. like, okay, how do, how do you meet I reach another being how do I reach that being over yeah. there when there's, there's there's no easy path? And it always comes back to okay, finding that place in yourself, you know, where where am I Am I closed? Am I not willing to change or evolve or let go or whatever it is it always comes back to the inner work and once you once you start doing that there is a it's like something radiates from you which other people can sense and it allows them to ease and put down some of their barriers
0: yeah Absolutely. When you
1: don't go in with this, like, I am right, you are wrong, oh, your viewpoint is so insane, you know, that that's just going to push people further and further away.
0: Mm. And you can't even go in to somebody who kind of, you know, if you have a spiritual life or a practice, you can't even uh, sort of go in and want to change somebody from that point of view. You have to, the only practice you have is your own practice. And that's what yeah. affects other people. And it may not. <laughs> that's the thing. That's it's right. Kind of, you know, it's none of your business in a way. It's kind of uh, your business is your business, as it were. That's
1: right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's, um, and and you, you know that with, and a lot of people do this when they first find a healing practice that works for them. They want everyone to do it. And, um, you know, everyone should come to yoga or everyone should be a vegetarian or whatever it is. And um, and even though they're coming from a, a genuine place, everyone else has to find their own way. Just because it works for you, it doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone.
0: Well, it will be, everybody's life is their own path. It's unique to each person. You know, yeah. and and even when you you might take on a, a you know and a sound-based practice or something like that, the, the geometry of each person's body is completely different, and so you won't even be able to move the same way as another person in some respects. that everything is completely our own practice in in s- right. so many ways.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I find that. Um, you know the the practice evolves over time, so that you know what what was once key and working at one point may not necessarily be the remedy th- throughout throughout your lifetime.
0: No, that's right.
1: So to keep to keep open opening to, to inquiry is really important an honest observation yeah. of your life. Yeah, I think, I think if we, we've already touched on.
0: If we just asked ourselves two or three simple questions, who am I and what am I here for? That that would take you so far if they're asked in, in the heart in a in an honest way. You know, it doesn't need to be much more difficult than that really. Is this true? That would do the trick, I think. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that that reminds me of the work of Byron Katie. Have you heard of
0: Byron I've heard, Katie? I've heard of her. I've not read her.
1: Yeah, she uh, she has a system called the Work, and it's basically a series of questions. And it's the same thing. Like, do I know this to be true? Is this absolutely true? Am I certain that this is the truth? And always, the answer, you know, the answer is, well, no, I don't know that that person really meant to hurt me and i don't know what their path is you know so so you have to keep on releasing people and letting them go and have their own life and have their own experience mm. because for some people they need to they need to hit rock bottom in order to bounce up high you know and some people Need to go down that other path so far yes. that they they've exhausted it and they're ready to turn around. Life
0: pre- life will present you with things over and over again to try and. Unfortunately, I think that the um, you know until we we become perhaps being able to choose to live in more consciousness, the kind of the spiritual path of the world is is the path of suffering. Unfortunately. And kind of in that that that's from our our kind of resistance or our attachment to things we we suffer it's not that things won't happen to us. I know like for example, um in your life in the last few years, there's been a great deal of loss, you know and uh um, and the way that that I heard you speak in another podcast uh maybe eight months ago or ten months ago, or something. And the way you know you you've met that really difficult stuff that was was so beautiful the way you were talking about it, just the the honest honest everyday kind of turning up with it and, and being with it and kind of returning to your heart that was so beautiful and inspiring to hear. And we you know when we' we're, when we're, when we're in reactive mode or reactive mind or whatever you want to call it, we don't really have a choice to meet things with love and consciousness. And so, life kind of will, will punch a hole in our identity sometimes as kind of to yeah. give it and so everything kind of falls away, you know? Um, it's like the whole, now, the whole world is kind of, has a spiritual practice already.
1: Yeah, you know? and, and those, t- those tough times, a lot of people wish them away. You know, I oh, I can't wait until it's better, or you know, I wish this weren't happening, and and that that wishing away. Unfortunately, we our life is so short, and when you do lose people close to you, that is so much more apparent. It's like that. Okay, this is our, who knows what is beyond this, but right now, for sure, we all get a sense that that this is a one-time opportunity to be in this body, to have these people around you. And when the going gets tough, like, how can I, how can I bring as much presence and as much of myself to this situation um, as I do when I'm really happy and joyous and everything's going my way and, and I'm really, you know, all my needs are being met. Mm. I feel I feel that they're really just two sides of the same coin. I think that there is a strength that comes through being willing to sit in discomfort.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's really the essence of the yoga practice is whatever comes up you you you're with it you welcome it not that you want it to be there not that you're like oh yay woohoo i'm you know really having a hard time right now but it's happening it's it's revealing itself it's how things are it's how it is so so you greet the moment fully and when you do practice being in that fire and sitting in that discomfort and just being present with all of those horrible, difficult feelings, then undoubtedly through that you can just start to really witness the beauty of life in all through the whole spectrum. Not that I, you know, would like to sit by the bedside of my parents dying again because that was really horrific but I can say that through that process it was very beautiful and enlightening and it touched my heart and opened my heart in so many ways that I couldn't even imagine
0: Mm.
1: and that was a real gift and I, I could have chosen not to be there, it was too hard to deal with, you know just sort of numbed those strong sensations that would have been less traumatic I, I'm sure but uh, definitely would not have given me the same richness in, inside
0: Yeah, just be, just kind of being allowing yourself to be whatever whatever came or comes that's right whether it's happy or grieving or and it's kind of um it's about how i i find i I lost my mum about a year and a half ago as well and Mm -hmm. um and it was such a blessing to kind of just sit just sit and in many ways i could feel her more that her she had a very complicated life and a very Complicated emotional life, and um, and it, it almost seemed that kind of kind of once we didn't have to kind of almost keep fighting with that anymore. It felt like she was yeah. so much more here, so much more present in a way at that time, and the love was just incredible. Actually, yes. it was just a, such an opportunity for love.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, if you're both if you're both willing to really turn up at that time all of that superficial stuff falls away mm. and there's just there's just the love and recognizing that love between two people is for me the the real essence of life that 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 moment that love is is that's it what else is there
0: and and how have you found then kind of moving forward now into kind of you know the new days after these times
1: well there's definitely a real um untethering that happens when you lose people close to you especially your parents it it for me it felt like that I had this big protective bubble around me, and but I didn't even realize it. I thought I was out in the world on my own. <laughs> but when they both passed away, that bubble burst, and there was a real untethering of that whole structure of me being a daughter and me being, you know, sort of a kid, even though I'm in my mid-40s, I still held on to that idea you know next to them that I was I was a kid so there was a real undoing of the world as i knew it which again can be really scary can be really terrifying because you sort of have to find a new way of being in the world but at the same time when you just sit and observe the world, that's life. that's that's how life happens. That's mm. the nature of things. Everything um, comes into existence, is here for a short time, and then dissolves back into the great mystery. that's that's what happens to everything. So, again, that could be another opportunity to deepen your practice of, of just how temporary this life is and, and to sort of surrender to that mystery a bit more because you can't fight it.
0: No, you can't. <laughs> you, can't
1: you can't change it. Yeah. It's, it's inevitable. It's It's how it is. Yeah and um those sorts of experiences are inescapable for everybody there's for no everybody. way out. there's no way out of no. there no 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 way no. no way and then one day i mean we're really going there with this conversation <laughs> and then one day it's going to be your own life you it know it is yeah and um and and so you know how wonderful to for it to be that day and and you be ready, you be ready for it, you know because you've 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 witnessed life so deeply and so completely, and you understand that this is just the natural way of things. And you have enough insight to know that you know life is so much more than what we can sense with our eyes and our ears and our nose and our tongue. There's so much beyond those those five senses, or I think they're saying we've now got twenty-something <laughs> senses. But you know, there's yeah. there's so much more. There's so much more beyond that, and um, and to to welcome to welcome that mystery and that unknown, and mm. to go into those scary places.
0: Yeah, and yet in this day. You get to hug your daughter and be with your husband and, you know, be where you are right now and eat food. Oh, for and sure. It's just, you know, incredible. It's not all just. For dust. sure.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's right. But, um, but, you know, the way the way we are as people, we, we take a lot of things for granted. We do. You know, we can get caught up in little things. So, just to, yeah, just to remind yourself of like, hey come on, this is, being with your, being with your beloveds is, that's, that's the cherry on top.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how we keep coming around to this one, isn't it? It's kind of like, you know, family is the practice or our friends or the the people that we're with. There is all this, this huge deep ocean sort of underneath everything. And yet, you know, here we are with, with ourselves or with other people and, and this is what we've got right now, you know? and Yeah. And you can't make something up in your head to appreciate them more or love them more. It just has to be the real love. It just has to be the real thing.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's right.
0: And uncovering and anything that gets in the way of that.
1: That's right, yeah. yeah. There's a beautiful um, Rumi quote about that thing, um, and it's, yeah, gosh, I'm not even going to do it justice, but <laughs> just... About uncovering where it is that you're closing down to love.
0: I know the um, I know the quote you mean. Yeah. I do. Yeah, just about... Oh, I can't remember either. But it is yeah. just that. It's kind of... I have... Instead of trying to find love, I've tried to remove everything that gets in the way of love. Or something
1: That's right. Like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I know the yeah, quote. Yeah, it is. That's it. Yeah. 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 So, and family... Oh, family is so... Such a wonderful, wonderful thing. In whatever form it presents itself, whether it's like actual biological blood family, or whether it's chosen family, or tribal family, or you know, family is so is so important. Yeah, and it doesn't
0: it doesn't come from the realm of ideas. This is the thing. It's kind of on a truer level. It's actually resonance of being or Something like that, and like uh, you know, it's kind of. I, you know, I have friends who, uh, ideas-wise, we just do not get along. <laughs> but uh, but there's something, there's a deeper love, you know. There's a there's something that kind of uh, that keeps you together, you know. My my partner yeah. and I are kind of very different, actually, and yet we meditate. We used to have quite a hard time, and then we started meditating together and doing our yoga practice together and things like that, and so. Yes, you have the crazy stuff going on, but then there's something more. You know, there's the the being together. If that makes any sense, being yeah, this. that does
1: yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's really beautiful.
0: Yeah.
1: And how nice to have that experience of 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 coming together. Like, what a beautiful, what a beautiful experience that must have been.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, and that's. For me, that's kind of like the flavor of family, as it were, Mm because I have no, you know, no blood family left really or anything. So, you know, so the family is my partner or, you know, my friends and things. And it's that, there's some other flavor, you know, it's not just about agreement or uh, liking things. It's it's deeper than that, really.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. And it's such a... um it's such a beautiful thing to to realize the love and support that you have around you. On this um, retreat that uh, I've just finished, we meditated with some ancient rocks, and these rocks were put in the circle from you know ancestors long gone and there's a tradition of going and sitting at these rocks and asking for guidance or asking a question. So we all went and sat by these rocks and that was one of the things that came up for me is that as complicated as the world is, there, there are some things in the world that are your rock you know, that are just, they're just, their job is just to be. And what a blessing that is. What a blessing to have those big mm-hmm. ancestral stones in your life, those those people that just love you and forgive you <laughs> <laughs> and don't judge you too much. And, you know, it's a... It's a It's a blessing and it's a real source of um, light and celebration for me, having those insights. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One last thing then just to kind of round Mm -hmm. out is is that I was uh, reflecting as well about your work and I've noticed um, a really strong connection to the moon in what Mm -hmm. you do and kind of moving with kind of like the cycle of the year and the natural kind of flow of things. Could you tell us a little bit more about that and your practice?
1: Sure, Um, I would love to. (laughs) Well, when I started practicing yoga about 20 years ago, I was um, sort of dabbling in Ashtanga yoga, which is the more physical um type of vinyasa practice and in that system they observed moon days so you didn't practice on the full moon or the new moon and i remember thinking at the time what what does the moon got to do with when i practice? like how absurd and i really was um confused and just um bewildered by by observing these moon days and then and then it occurred to me that um, that there's a lot of information there's a lot of knowledge that has been lost with with my generation and the generation before with modernity with moving into these cities and Building walls around ourselves and cutting ourselves off from really observing nature and being a part of nature. So I went back to the very simple practice of just on these moon days and also with the um, with the different seasons and the solstice and the equinox, but on these days of 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 where the cycle Finishes and starts to turn into something else just observing and I really noticed that there was a palpable shift in energy of those times Mm. and and The deeper observation is that you're not apart from nature is that you these cycles are happening within you as well We have evolved Over however many millions of years through different forms of life with these cycles smaller cycles and larger cycles and so within us is this cyclical nature it is these natural natural rounds of of creativity these mm. natural growth rings like a, like a growth ring in a tree and that's what's been really exciting, I've just um, actually finished a course on Yoga Glow about the moon cycles and um, and just bringing this information forward to people perhaps who who like me were unaware that we have any connection to the outer world and we're just plodding along By ourselves on our own Mm. and to step back out into You know take your shoes off and get outside and and
0: be part of it all
1: be part of it all and realize that you are nature You are nature and there's a natural time to do To push and strive and work hard and then there's a natural time to rest and reflect and get quiet and the the resting and the reflecting and the quietness is not celebrated in our no. modern times no. and in fact it's frowned upon you're meant to just produce produce strive strive all the time but that's not how nature works you know the sun is up for 12 hours but then it goes down for 12 hours <laughs> And it's the same, you know, the same with the moon cycle. and um, I, I just I just love I just love connecting to that cycle of um, new moon to full moon and being more in in awareness and observance with the cooling, more reflective part of ourselves as a balance to all of that productivity. Mm
0: beautiful yeah thank you well, well we'll stop there that's really lovely to talk to you joe thank you for sort of spending some time with us
1: i hope it wasn't too way out
0: i don't know it's not it's, we'll have the conversation and whoever listens to it they have to kind of sort that out for themselves
1: well thanks a lot john
0: thank you so much. it was really nice
1: to talk to you too
0: lovely thank you so much thank you so much for joining us if you want to know more about joe and her work please check out her website at www.joetastula.com. And if you'd like to know more about our work, have a look at www.authenticliving.life. And if you want to follow us for daily inspirations, then just pop my name, John Sadiq, into your favorite search engine and you'll find me on all the usual social media channels on YouTube and all that sort of thing. Take care, have a beautiful month, and hopefully see you soon.